0: Yeah, so it's like inclusion is like being invited to a party, but belonging is uh, having your music playing (laughs) at the party. Mm
1: and welcome to the future podcast i'm your host chris doe and i'm joined with my amazing and talented producer
2: greg gunn hey greg hey wow i approve both of those adjectives to describe me and thank you
1: and it's true and it's honest and sincere oh boy
2: (laughs) so what's uh what's going on with the episode today
1: In this episode, I talked to Hank Washington, who is an art director, designer, and illustrator based out of Mississippi. We get into how he went from college graduate attending conferences to speaking at one just a few years later. We got into how to find your voice when speaking, and finally, being able to feel at home in the design world as a person of color.
2: That sounds really cool. And I can't wait to listen to this episode.
1: Well, it was a really great conversation. I really enjoyed speaking with someone so genuine and just plain happy. Without further ado, please enjoy this conversation with Hank Washington. So uh, I want to give our audience a little kind of backup to like what's going on. The backstory is I'm at Creative South in Columbus, Georgia, and I'm sitting in the back minding my own business. And then all of a sudden you start talking about somebody that I know. I'm like, wait a minute, uh, uh, Handel Eugene. I was thinking, I know Handel what is going on and then you put this thing up on the screen and you're talking about the future and you're like hey Christo uh, call me and I yelled out back at you let's make it happen I don't know if you knew that I yelled right back at you let's make it happen I felt compelled to say that right so then there you and I are kind of two strangers really meeting for the first time face to face and I was thinking I want to have you on our show mostly also because I like to hear from people from different backgrounds different stories so Hank welcome to the show Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Super excited. Okay, so for people who don't know who you are, Hank's not even your real name, but that's the name that you go by <laughs> everywhere. So tell us your real name and give us the, the one minute, like, here's who I am.
0: So I'm Hank Washington, but my real name is Cornelius, Cornelius Washington. I was born and raised in Columbus, Mississippi. Uh, Hank actually came from a really good baseball game. That my dad attended, and uh, I hit my I think it was one of my first home runs, and he called me Hank Aaron. Uh, It's one of those names that tried to stay that I tried to keep it at home, but it came to school one day, and my friends heard it, and I couldn't get rid of it, so I I stuck (laughs) with it.
1: (laughs) Do you like that name better than your birth name? Uh,
0: I do, I do. It's uh, people don't have to, you know, worry about misspelling it, (laughs) right? right. Say it right, so right, uh, you know, once the people say it, I try to correct them every now and then, but you know ultimately i just gotta let the people decide i say okay i'll, I'll respond to both but we're gonna roll right. with hank
1: right so now you're known <laughs> as sure. hank but i i, I just mm-hmm. want to take a moment and say cornelius sounds like such a regal name like you're of royal birth <laughs> cornelius you know i could see you cornelius washington the third or something like that right <laughs> that would be awesome yeah that-
0: yeah, thanks to my mom, she she gave me that name. But I just wish more people knew how to spell it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it is a tricky one. Okay, so how sure. how would you describe what it is that you do? Like, what do you do for a living? What is what is it that you do? Um, I would say it's really hard to
0: like just give it like a really like solid word or solid sentence. I would just say I make creative decisions. Um, uh, I am a designer at heart, uh, but I do a lot of illustration. A uh, little bit of branding, and I work with a agency here in Birmingham where I do a little art direction. So I'm kind of a little bit all kind of all over the place when it comes to creative. But I like to sum it up as just like making creative decisions. Um, and I also like work freelance uh, in the off hours, just like you know taking on clients that may necessarily afford the agency uh, agency you know standards of pricing or whatever. Uh, but ultimately, if they're looking for like a certain direction, so uh, just trying to help out any way I can, and uh, yeah, just really just you know, kind of a little bit all over the place. But I would say just creative decision maker. Okay.
1: <laughs> now, when when you say you you make creative decisions, when you describe that to people, what is their normal reaction to you? Is a follow up by a question, a look, or or is, or a look of delight? What? How do people react to you? <laughs> You're the first it's person little- to say that.
0: Right. It's a, it's a little bit of delight and confusion. So it's definitely a, a question that comes about uh, of like what exactly that means. Um, usually it's from a visual standpoint of just making creative decisions from like branding. Uh, I work with social media majority of the day. So I help clients, you know, create content for their, you know, social ads and just, you know, their Instagram or whatever. So it's really just like creating visuals that that align with the strategy and ultimately help clients meet their goals. Um, And really just kind of taking it deeper than just making things look pretty, but ultimately just making things that work uh, to just to help clients that work with me meet meet their goals. Okay.
1: We're already only just a few minutes into our conversation together. And you're already talking about social media, social media marketing, branding. There's a lot of words being used here. So to the layperson, because we have a very broad audience who might not know exactly what that means. And your definition might be different than mine how how would you describe that so a fifth grader would understand
0: social media so i guess from a branding standpoint so right now social media is still a fresh way that businesses are marketing themselves outside of just the traditional era, but um it's really a way that you can communicate and have your voice presented uh you know ways that people that people are not use- really used to honestly uh when it comes to like uh just interacting in a different way, outside of just looking at a billboard or waiting for a commercial, so using things like Facebook and Instagram and allowing your personality through bleed through that. And I, you know, I listen to your show a lot. And, you know, you talk about like tactical ways, like you can have your personality sell. But really, I'm trying to think of ways that's to explain it to a field grade, like talking to my nephew or somebody. But uh, it's really just having that platform and express yourself visually uh you know with your personality and let people understand who you are um in a more like flexible way versus like having static things like billboards or newspapers or whatever the case may be
1: okay so if we boil it down if we're having this conversation on instagram as the person who's managing my social media account what does this look like how do you take my voice my personality and make something what is it that you produce
0: uh so uh, Mainly graphics, uh, more advertising graphics when it comes to like just ads, but personally uh, my kind of go-to is like illustration and like keeping things kind of very cohesive, just to allow that kind of, allow yourself to be recognizable, you know, because it's so broad and so many people are doing different things. I think it's uh, just a way to help yourself distinguish who you are in a visual sense and allow you to stand out in a crowd that's like where everybody is on instagram or on social media in general okay good
1: i understood that now as i was doing some research into you you've only been out of school for a very short period of time <laughs> only three years yeah. right only three and, years and i was looking on your instagram feed and i saw that in 2018 you mm-hmm. attended creative south and you said hey yes next year i'm gonna speak there and guess what yes. in 2019 <laughs> you manifested that into reality Talk to For me sure. a little bit about that thought in 2018 and how you're able to make that happen.
0: Right. So in 2018, that was really my first ever conference attending. Um, you know, I was I got out of school. Um, I just recently moved here to Birmingham from Mississippi, and I seen a ad. No, I ran across the Creative Side the website, and I said, "This is kind of a neat conference." You know, I want to check it out and see you know see what it's like. And it was so close, I was like, "It's driving distance," so I'm gonna check it out. Um, so last minute, I think it's probably like a Two or three weeks before the conference started, I bought my ticket and I said, okay, I'm going to go see see what it's about. Um, so I got there, you know, I ended up meeting Mike, Mike Jones, who's uh, one of the co-founders of Creative South, and Peter, who uh, helps with operations there, and they were just so welcoming. And, you know, I had a great conversation with them, just kind of got to know them a little bit more. Um, and I just met some amazing people, and it, it really helped me, like, Really feel better about like where I was going and where I was in my career, even though it's still so fresh of like just being out of school. And anyway, um, but just being around people that has the same struggles that you have, the same goals as you, uh, really helped like you know make me feel a lot better about where I was. Um, so I went there, and you know I heard some great speakers uh, talk there, and um, and I, I just had this feeling. I was sitting down in the crowd, and I was like, man, these people are so like cool to talk and hang around with, and, and it. I just didn't feel nervous about just, you know, being able to share my story, because I had a lot of great conversations with people there, and, and I made some great friends there, um, and I just sat there, and it just, this feeling came over, like, I got to share something the following year, and then um, a couple months down the road after the conference, they had a uh call for speakers application come out and I said you know let, let me just give it a shot you know it's, it wouldn't hurt to try um, the worst they can they can tell me is no because I'm still gonna show up <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so I ended up uh, applying and you know I, I gave her the topic and, um, and I get a call from Mike he said hey we would love to share you know for you to come on stage and you know share share with the crowd and and everything else is history nice and i got to meet them nice
1: chris Doe, and And here we are here we are right look i love this about you that you're a relatively young guy you know you graduate Mm -hmm. school you go to a conference i think two years after you graduate and you say to yourself i'm going to be on that stage next year where does that confidence where does that self-determination come from
0: um honestly i'm had to give it to my team uh The team that I work with, they've been like behind me and really supported my creative career because I, you know, I worked with them when I was in school and I interned. um, And they just kept pushing me and pushing me just to be the best creative or the best person that I can be. and luckily you know my personality being that it was uh thanks mom uh being the (laughs) person that it was uh helped fuel that and um and i can just kind of hear like just voices in my head saying like you know you got to be up there and you know you have a story to tell and you know it just started to make sense because when i really when the when i seen that the applications came out for the conference speakers i was kind of in this zone of like really really understanding the importance of a perspective of color can really impact creatives especially young black creatives that are you know really coming up and just understanding like that opportunity really just spoke for itself right so like you say like hey you know you have this chance you out you're able to inspire somebody that may be in your shoes or haven't gone through what you've gone through yet even though you are young but you know there's challenges for everybody um, so I just looked at it as an opportunity and it just, it just made more, more and more sense as that opportunity arose okay. for sure.
1: So I have so many things to talk to you about, so I'm just Let's trying do to, it. Let's do you know, it. I'm trying to sort them <laughs> out in my mind. Okay. <laughs> when, when you applied, did you just honestly, did you think, yeah, they have to take me or no, they could say no. Who knows? Where's this going to go? Um, not the
0: same Too arrogant, but I did have this like feeling like okay, they they're gonna pick me. I I got this. I got it. I can feel it. But you know, but I I didn't. I didn't want to. um You know, put all my eggs in that one basket. But it was just a good feeling. I was like, this feels right. Like it has to happen. Did, Did you
1: spend a lot of time writing the topic and the and the description?
0: A lot of time. Okay. Well, that's tip one. (laughs) A lot of time. Let's talk about that process
1: Mm -hmm. then. So, tell me as much as you want to share about your process of submitting because you're doing something that I'm a big advocate for. I say it's good to attend a conference. That's step one. Step two is be a speaker at the conference because it gives you access to other speakers. So this is like where the real gold is. And if you're networking, you're trying to meet your heroes, the best way to do it is not to be a fan in the audience. is to be a co-speaker, to be on the same 100%. stage, right? And that's what you're doing. 100%. I saw you in the green room. I saw you talking to people. <laughs> So, tell me about that process because if somebody hears this and like, you know, I can't believe it. Here's Hank. He's out there only two years out and then he determines to himself he's going to go and speak on the stage and he put the time and energy. So, lay lay out the blueprint for us. How does one do that?
0: Right. Um, So, as far as the process goes when it came to like coming up with the topic, I... It was a struggle at first. You know, my mind's everywhere. I'm already excited about the opportunity. And now you get into that nervous yeah. <laughs> breakdown. It's like, oh, God, I got to <laughs> say something now. <laughs> I have to speak now. Right. Um, so it's really just, really just hashing out just ideas as much as you can. So I kind of went the cliche route, you know, just saying, be inspired, stay creative. Right, right. You know, they, they hear that. Um, yeah. But I actually had a good conversation with uh, Douglas Davis. So people that oh. don't know Douglas Davis, he was a guest on your show. The, that topic mm-hmm. of, you know, um, just people of color that are in design, where it teaching. And, and I kept playing that episode over and over again, just like listening and uh, just honing in what was being talked about. Um, so as I was going through topics, nothing just ne- never resonated with like right. what I really wanted to say until I made that uh, an option of just speaking about diversity and people of color that are in the design industry or in the creative industry and what impact and uh, benefits we can have in the future of, you know, creativity. So when I landed on that, it just it just felt right. You know, I tried to come up with other ideas that would challenge it and ultimately kind of see if it outweighed it, but nothing nothing resonated. So uh, so after like, you know, a couple couple of days of just Going through topics and honing to in where I can go deep into uh, that one, you know, resonated the most, and it just felt right. It felt like nothing. I had to have to go study or have to go really, um, you know, become a neuro neurologist or something mm-hmm. about because, uh, like, when I when I found that topic it just it just felt right
1: well thanks for sharing that and i guess now we have many mutual friends in common now i would consider douglas davis a friend of mine and we just met through the internet like many of our relationships but i also got to hang out with him uh, at an event so that was really cool so here's the takeaway from this if you're listening to this as the person who's trying to help you filter out what you're hearing from hank which is this is that initially i think our inclination is to do what everybody else does to be like the people you admire so you look at their topics and you're like well what can i do but the problem with that is that spot is already taken the person who talks about inspiration they already own that space and so what you ultimately turn towards which i encourage everybody to do is speak to your truth your experience because who you are is quite unique comedians talk about this quite a bit they're like if you do content that's about your own very personal life no comic can steal that because it's your story but if you do these more broader universal comedic bits people can steal it and it's you lose yourself right and so when when you went through the gamut of exploration of topics you ultimately turn to i am hank i'm an african-american living the design experience i'm a young person trying to make it in the world i'm going to speak to that
0: for sure and Definitely. that's when you you're for sure, and one thing, and when one thing that stood out for me when I, I had to talk with uh, Douglas, he was like, "Hey man, you know who you are, you know where you came from, and you know what you're afraid of." So like, hone in on that and like mm. really use that as fuel to, to you know, get this message out. And and he just helped me. And I, I had a few conversations with him, just checking in to show him like what I had and what I planned on doing. Nice. And he was just so helpful, man. He, wow. I, I, I honestly owe him so much. <laughs>
1: Professor Davis is in the house. Look at him. Shout out, Mr. Nice. Davis. Good job, sir. Good job. Okay. So there you are. You've you've submitted your talk. They said yes, and you expected them to say yes. That's good. Nothing arrogant about that whatsoever. You put in the work, you find your lane, good things happen. Okay. So now we're creeping up on the event and it's months before, maybe like one or two. Talk to me about your mindset, your feeling that just a year ago you attended for the very first time and now you're gonna share the stage with so many crazy, cool, influential people. What's going on in your mind? anxiety <laughs> so okay. much do not <laughs> skip out on any of the juicy details people need to hear this part give it to me give me the long version of this go ahead anxiety talk i got it. you i got you okay. so um so i submitted a topic and um uh, mm-hmm.
0: and i was telling a couple of my friends you know i told them what i was going to talk about and you know they had that their feedback so um uh, in the months ahead I, I i was lucky enough to have some friends that are public speakers they're, they're very experienced so i, I work with them Um, day in and day out and I'm I'm gonna shout out my friend Nisha because she helped me out (laughs) a lot with uh, my speech and everything but um uh, so we're just working on just delivery right so I'm going in like how does how to shape up the talk What how can I make them laugh because I know if you can laugh I can feel better right, right. <laughs> so um, we're just shaping up the talk and I'm just going in and I'm and I'm doing research right I'm looking up all the speakers are like okay who are these people some of them I've heard of obviously you were, you were one of them so I was like okay I don't need to do no research on Chris though he's, <laughs> he's already a religion now but um, <laughs> so I'm just researching uh, other designers just seeing what they what they were doing and kind of the impact they were making, um, but what I learned was that that was, that was kind of holding me back because I was ultimately just starting to compare myself, you know, I was like, man, am I really qualified to be on this stage, you know, and I'm sitting there thinking like, man, I'm just, you know, a young boy from Mississippi that took a shot, like, I don't even see myself, like, feel like I need to be in the crowd of these people. Um, but you know, you have waves of that. You know, there's some ways I, you know, I'm feeling good. Like, okay, I can do this. Ain't nobody gonna stop me. But then some days, it's like, I need to reconsider. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. is it too late? <laughs> right. Can I cancel? <laughs> right. You know, just like just nothing wrong with my schedule. Right. But um, <laughs> but no, as as it got closer and closer, I, I started to feel more confident. So I'm honing in. I'm I'm having these talks, like we talked about with, uh, with Douglas Davis, and I'm talking to some of my peers, just getting their perspective on on the topic itself and just really um, collecting their experiences and see how it aligned with what I really wanted to share Mm -hmm. to just to make sure it wasn't just something that was just coming just from my point of view. I wanted to make sure I was able to speak um, not only to, you know, the creatives there, but I want to speak for the creatives that may be in that same, you know, that same predicament that I went through or even in the same mindset or position that I'm in today. Um, So that was kind of, you know, Going, going close and closer to the conference, that was really just a lot of research. So, you know, diving into the speakers, diving into my friends and colleagues, just seeing what they, seeing what they, you know, experienced, seeing what they had struggled with, and just seeing, like, is this a personal thing or this can be a universal thing, or at least a universal concept uh, that can at least be talked about. And, you know, I may not have the answers or the solution, but I know we can at least turn this into a conversation. I think going to be really impactful Um, Moving forward, and uh, I think I'm getting all over the place, but (laughs) that's uh, that's kind of the uh, kind of the build up, you know, in the coming months uh, and few weeks before before the conference. Okay,
1: now take me backstage, 15 minutes before you come on. Tell me what's going on.
0: Oh man, 15 backstage. So, okay, let's go a little bit back farther. So I'm on the elevator, and Chris Doe walks on, and I'm just sitting there like, whoa. Chris, I was on the elevator with me I got to get up. <laughs> so this this does not help. <laughs> this does not help my situation right Wait, now. Wait, were we
1: riding the same elevator?
0: Yeah, I think it was um, it was the end of the workshops and yes. we was going oh, yes, down there yes, yes. and you and I was right behind you. I don't think you recognize who I No, I, was, I wasn't so I am was in my own
1: head. Like, I don't know anything <laughs> right now.
0: Yes. And I was like okay. I was like, "Hey, hey." I was like, "What's going on?" But um <laughs> 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 But um but yeah, so, so fifteen minutes before before the stage, um, you know, I'm just thinking about all the practice and I'm thinking yeah. about you know all the conversations that I have, and then my mind just goes blank. Like I don't forget anything, but I just I just focus on just like one thing that's like around me. Like I think there was a fan or something backstage, and I just focus on that fan, just something to take my mind off what I was going to do, or just like worrying about like how do I need to walk out? Do I need to... St- start with my left foot or do I walk out with my right foot? Just just trying to take my mind yeah. off of um, whatever's going to happen. I say, OK, there's no turnaround now. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen. And <laughs> luckily enough, it went good enough. Uh, that uh, you know, I got a lot of good feedback from me, so I'm I'm super proud. That's probably the the highlight of my career. Nice so far, <laughs> so
1: far, so far. That's very <laughs> so good. Far. Well, you did a great job, and I wasn't aware of what's going on because usually, and, and this is just me a little admission here. I'm mm-hmm. so wrapped up in like trying to do a good talk that I don't even mm-hmm. focus on much. It's very rare right. that I'll actually even sit in the audience. And it just happened that of the two or three talks I listened to, yours was one of them. And I'm hearing you tell oh, your absolutely. story and relating to people about what it means in your own perspective. I think you mm-hmm. said something about when they invite you to a party, that's like, l- l- why don't you do that part? Because I'm going to butcher that. That was a great line. Go ahead. Oh, yeah.
0: So it's like, yeah, so it's like inclusion is like being invited to a party, but belonging is uh having your music playing <laughs> at the party.
2: Okay, we're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back.
1: Hey future fam, Ben Burns here. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you want to keep hearing content like this, consider investing in one of our courses, toolkits, and coaching sessions. Now, if you are looking to set yourself apart as a designer, I highly recommend learning typography. Why? It is the foundation of how we all communicate, and design can speak volumes. Our typography course is easily one of the most impactful things that we have made, and Chris created it with everything he learned from his time at Art Center College of Design. So it's chock full of amazing insight. You're going to learn the basics of type, how to work with grids, layout, and application as you follow Chris throughout this course. Head to academy.thefuture.com to enroll and start using type like a pro.
2: Welcome back to our talk with Hank Washington. So that,
1: that was really great, and and I, I loved that. And I think uh, the audience, they they sent that energy back to you when you were done. They did. Did you get like a standing ovation? Yes. I mean, that was like, <laughs> look, I've been talking a lot. I've not gotten a standing ovation like that before. So you really touched people. And I think you, your message resonated. I think uh, you you seemed quite comfortable in your own skin telling your story and just relating and I think the audience was just relieved because uh, for whatever reason other speakers seemed a little tense right and you came out there supernatural you did your thing you told your story and you owned it and I love that part about it now who would have thought look at you okay barely three years out of school barely three years out of school (laughs) you're already on stage and you're on my podcast A person that you used to mm-hmm. listen to And immediately I saw you And I'm like yeah Let's do the podcast together And here we are For sure So good for you man And it all began Because you had the courage to say You know What if What if What if I submit yeah. They would be foolish It was crazy yeah. It,
0: was crazy. it was my first It was my first talk ever Wow Alright First talk ever Okay
1: so are you energized so, by that Do you want to go do more talks
0: Most definitely Most okay. definitely What's
1: yeah, What's definitely. next for you I, um, then Uh, Honestly, it's just really just
0: reaching out and just seeing if um, any other conference is, you know, comfortable with me sharing that story or sharing uh, just another perspective. You know, I think it's it's super important because I know um, one of the things I highlighted in the talk was uh, it was from a conversation I had with Ade Hoag, who's an amazing uh, lettering artist out of Chicago and one thing he shared with me I think it was it was from one of his colleagues was that you can't be it if you can't see it yes um and when I heard it it was just so important because I remember when I first got into design uh, I didn't know I didn't know a designer could could look like me mm. or I knew a designer that looked like me um just because not not saying there wasn't any out there but you just didn't see him in the forefront like you know you see a lot of designers today with you know Instagram and right platforms like the future but um, but when I heard that you know that just clicked right and that made it that's kind of solidified everything more and more about just like how is imp- how important it is to for kids and young creatives or young and old to see more people that look like them making an impact and it can inspire and like you know uh, just like how Tupac said, you know I may I may not change the world, but I can at least spark the mind that will. Um, so I think that's like speaking has now become like this new, spark for me that uh, I think that can really uh, not selfishly help me (laughs) in my career, but I think it can help uh, more and more young creatives of color to really be inspired and and do great things for sure.
1: Mm -hmm. Let's talk a little bit more about that in terms of this, you can't be unless you can see it, right? And so for a lot of groups of people, uh, whether you're gay, straight, black, white, Asian, or whatever, Hispanic, until you can see somebody that looks like you, who talks like you, who share your, your worldview and your beliefs, until you can see that, it becomes something that's out of touch. So we know this. There are a lot of black people, people of color in entertainment, in sports, uh, in, in some areas of the arts, but not so much in graphic design. It's just not as prevalent as some other races. Like for me, I don't see a lot of Asians in entertainment, I see a lot in academics. You know, and now that there's a bunch of people that are from Korea and from China doing design, there seems to be a lot of Asians in design, but it wasn't always the case. So I would like for you to expand on that a little bit about the mindset. Why do you feel it's important to recognize yourself in the mirror, if you will, when you're looking at these careers that you can achieve that? What, what is it about that you need to see it that allows you to dream that it's possible?
0: Right. Um, so it really just started just growing up, honestly, you know, I grew up in Mississippi, uh, Columbus, Mississippi, and out, you know, I don't know what you already heard about Mississippi, but none of that is true. Okay. <laughs> there's some, there's some amazing people there, but, um, uh, uh, but it just seemed like we growing up, it seems that options were limited, you know, being, uh, you know, I, you know, I was an athlete in school and it all, it all ultimately seemed like I had to make it to the league to get out of there, you know, like. In order for me to like, have, like to get out of Mississippi, do something great. I just had to make it to the NBA or something like that, or the NFL, which is, you know, sadly the case for a lot of you know young um, young people there, or young athletes there. But um, which is completely false. But it ultimately just seemed like options were limited. So it like you could It was really hard to be able to see other options of different ways you can make money and even a living uh, outside of just you know what your village shows you. Um, and that's why, you know, being able to see different things is so important because, you know, when I uh, when I found design, you know, a lot of people wasn't really on board uh, with me pursuing it as a career because it, it was just so unfamiliar, you know, you, you thought this. I had really had to t- tell somebody like design and I pointed to like the, the news thing, the little news graphics on there, like okay, I can do stuff like that uh, just because just they didn't understand it. So, you know, most people fear what they don't understand. So it wasn't necessarily favored or pushed. Um, to become a designer because you know just the money issue and all that, or facade that you don't make a lot of money of. Sense of relatability, right? Because you can look into like the NBA or um, like NFL, and you can see these stories of these athletes going through these challenges. Um, you know, coming from areas that may not have a lot of money or growing up a struggle. You know, just different challenges, and there's there's like a sense of relatability that you can connect with them. Um, but honestly, you don't see a lot of that outside of those professions, you know, people that, you know, are designers or even just anything um, being able for, you know, young creators to see themselves, see themselves in someone that came through the same challenges, but doing great things outside of just the norm of the village can, is, is super important because like you don't want to be limited uh, just by the, the options that's prevent, you know, presented in front of you, just by mm-hmm. your, your culture or your village
1: let me ask you this question and I'm still exploring this conversation in my mind so maybe I, who knows if I can phrase this the right way when you look at a guy like Steve Jobs who's changing industries as tech titan he's of Syrian uh, descent he's uh, a a white guy he's, he's, he's tall and he's this genius marketer do you see him as a Syrian white guy who's a genius marketer or do you see him as a human being who changed the world and could that be you?
0: um that's actually a great question uh i would say definitely the human being um i think the like identifying differences in people and like in race or culture is definitely secondary um but it's, it's definitely as the human being but i don't think it's necessarily something that we ignore of like who he is or where he came from or where it's like his um you know his background because that can ultimately be like fuel to the fire right so you know if you see this person this this great human making an impact but ultimately when you learn who they are where they came from the challenges that they you know they overcame and you find that sense of relatability that's like where that motivation can really be um you know really be kind of like that back burner for it
1: so you know what's interesting to me is that i think when we see somebody a man woman uh, old young But somebody does something and it gives us permission. It's really weird. Like we weren't asking for it and they were not speaking to us directly, but they give us permission to go ahead and dream that dream, to be the graphic designer or to lean into who you are, right? I I think Hassan Minhaj is a great example for me because I've spoken about him recently where this is an Indian American Muslim who's on a prominent show on Netflix super brilliant, funny guy who's talking about his culture, what it means to grow up in UC Davis and hating on brown people and just saying all the bits that it's like, wow. And it seems to be working. So even though I'm not Indian, um, I can feel like that's an example. He's giving me permission. Go ahead, Chris, be who you want to be and it'll be okay. So for that, I understand the whole, you got to see it to be it. But my, my definition is much, much broader.
0: Right. <laughs> for sure. Right. And, yeah, it's so it's so important because everybody has a role model. And, I, and yeah, whatever you're, you know, how you relate to your role model, you know, it's up to you. Right. But, you know, I know that whatever that, you know, relatability is, um, it's personal to you. And I, and I know more people can be fueled by just different things. Like you said, just where you come from, who you are. Right. Um, can be fueled to the
1: fire for anybody. Mm-hmm. so i would like to do this at this point in time if possible i i want you to reach out in your mind and your the power of your voice and your story to somebody who might be 12 14 15 years old who is a person of color who or maybe is a parent of a young boy or girl who's thinking about going into the design space what do you need to say to them to give them permission to be who they're supposed to be i'll tell them don't feel limited um even
0: though the things are surrounding you, the challenges that you may be facing, it may seem like your options are scarce, but don't feel limited. There's so, so many opportunities out here that, you know, even if you just take the chance and really ask yourself, like, why not? Like, why not you, you know, really give this what you want to do a, a shot? You know, if creativity is, and design is like really something you're passionate about, there is a way to make things, you know, make things do like make <laughs> connect, you know, connect strings and stuff, but definitely I would tell them don't feel limited because, I you know that's that was something that I went through, um, in school because like it was a challenge. You, you had this like kind of like this fear of like you know how I'm gonna make a living as a designer because it was this negative aside of like you know the starving artist. You know maybe you do design, you study the school, you get in debt, and you just work a job to pay it off, and you do it on the side. Completely false. You can literally make a living doing what you love. So anyone out there, the young creative that wants to do this for real, don't be limited by the options of your culture or your village. It's such a big world, such a big world opportunity for sure.
1: So I've done most of the talking, most of the questions uh, come from me. Is there something that you wanna talk about that's hot on your mind right now?
0: Um, So really, I just wanna kinda get your insight on just like, where do you think, I guess, where do you think like young creatives of color what impact do you think we have in the, forecoming, in the coming future? Like, what do you think that we're, I'm trying to form my question uh, correctly, but like, what do you see us impacting like almost, like I guess you could say first, uh, where it comes to like the shift of more young creatives of color, um, different backgrounds, ethnicities, uh, religion, whatever the case may be, where do you think that first shift can, is going to start happening um, in design and it can be broader specific?
1: That's really interesting, okay. So when you say a person of color, I'd like to just speak about maybe uh, African-American black people, okay? Because color can mean lots of different things. It could mean Latino, Asian, anybody that's not white, essentially, right? So here's the thing, is that I think blacks and African-Americans have a really rich culture, hundreds of years old, that celebrate dance, music, story, performance. And what I see in pop culture today in terms of rap, jazz, art forms, it's always the black people who do the most interesting things in terms of bending the rules, finding ways of seeing things that nobody has seen before, listening to things that people haven't heard before, and the fusion of cultures and things. I think that is part of your story, your your heritage, your culture, your DNA, and I think what it is is first, like you, like what you're saying, is you just need to believe that it's possible that you can enter into the design space and then just let your magic out. They're most definitely the most underrepresented group in the creative arts as far as I can tell, non-scientific, this is totally anecdotal, that blacks are the most underrepresented group in the creative space. And we got to change that, right? So I think hopefully people are listening to this and and listening to the episode with Handel Eugene and thinking to themselves, wow, uh, people like me can do things like this. They can reach to the highest of the creative spectrum or the business of whatever, and they can do this. I would love to also see young black entrepreneurs inventing the next Uber, whatever that might be, to fulfill not only the needs of their their culture, their tribe, but also to solve problems for other cultures and tribes, right? I want to see that happen, and I want to see people who are super successful, that that are people of color to reinvest in, in their own communities and make scholarships available to create programs and to reinvest in their own community to lift more people out. Like you notice a lot of people who get rich move to Beverly Hills. Like what happened to your community? Like you, you, you kind of abandoned them. Now I'm not blaming anybody and I don't want to say because I I haven't walked in anybody's shoes, but I would love to see that to give back and to have a more generous spirit and I'm, I'm hoping because of platforms like this on our on our podcast, on our YouTube, essentially we can reach a very broad audience. And if the message resonates with you, just think to yourself, that can be you. You could be the host. You could be the guest on the show like this. It can happen. But you have to first believe that you can do it.
0: Definitely. Now, and, and just to piggyback off that, I think... And if you've already done a good job of it, but I think even just more platforms who has has like this power, this following, um, just notoriety itself and like showcasing these young creatives can be super impactful. Like, you know, I found, you know, Handel Eugene, I did find them on your episode, but ultimately before that, I found them on the credits of uh, the, the Black Panther, the sequ- the um, ending yeah. sequence. Um, Cause me and my, I'm the nerd that makes my girlfriend wait. Like, let's let's look at the credits and like, okay, take note. Who's that? Who's that? Who's that designer? Who's that 3D artist? Um, and then you looked them up, and we look and we looked them up, and we tried we try to find their work and just see to wow. see who they are. Um, and he and he was one mm-hmm. of them, and, and I was lucky enough to find to find out who he was. But just that alone, like being able to see that someone like him that looks like me and being where he was from, uh, having to play a part in a Amazing movie like that is huge. Like just knowing that that's possible. Like somebody like me is like is working on this, is working on this amazing film, and I think just just things like that, like just showing the world like who these people are, because like most designers, we're, you know we're introverts, we're gonna stay behind our desks, we're not gonna you know kind of showcase ourselves, which I think that's starting to shift more and more. But you know that's kind of the ideal way that we you know work and live. But I think platforms, you know to have that following if they're able to showcase more and more of those people can I think that can really start making a huge shift which some of them are already doing but I think you know I think there's still a long way to go but I think that's that's a good first step to really help inspire and you know motivate um, young creatives Mm -hmm. who who can make a make a huge impact in the future for sure
1: awesome any other questions before we wrap this up
0: no i think this 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 is it this has been fun
1: it has been really (laughs) fun talking to you how do people find out about you where where are you on instagram and where else can they find out about you it's i am underscore hank
0: and on twitter it's just backwards so it's hank underscore i am and your website is hankdesigns.com yes hankdesigns.com this is hank washington
2: and you are listening to the future Thanks so much for joining us in this episode. If you're new to the future and want to know more about our educational mission, visit thefuture.com. You'll find more podcast episodes, hundreds of YouTube videos, and a growing collection of online courses covering design and business. Oh, and we spell the future with no E. The Future Podcast is hosted by Christo and produced by me, Greg Gunn. This episode was edited and mixed by Ricky Lucas with intro music by Adam Sanborn. If you enjoyed this episode, then do us a favor and give us a rating on iTunes. It is a tremendous help getting our message out into the world, and, you know, it also makes us feel good. Thanks again for listening, and we will see you next time.